Can I pause for a second and, and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who's getting uh, Congressman Massey on, and our typical lineup includes like homeless people that believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. At The Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now your host, Brian Nichols. From the bunker, Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Yeah, things are getting weird, folks. Like, my lord. Just uh, as I'm recording here for my my intro, I'm learning that Philadelphia, along with the entire state of Pennsylvania, is shutting down what they consider to be all non-essential businesses. I mean, listen, I'm all for stopping what's going on out there right now, but like, the, a little authoritarian, no? And and I, guys, I'm sorry, first and foremost, welcome to the Brian Nichols Show. Uh, Brian Nichols here, I am your humble host, and, and I promise you, um, the episode you're in store for today is going to be much more uplifting than the way I started the show, um, but I think it's important just to, you know, very quickly... You know, recognize that a lot of stuff's happening right now in the world, and it's very important that despite the the fears, and, and honestly, the, be they rightful or not, but the fears that we're f- currently feeling right now, it's really important that we also pay attention to what's being done to curtail liberty. And what I'm seeing right now with the the state saying they're going to basically force companies to uh, to stop functioning like that. I, I mean, I, I get the the argument, but this is. That that's kind of authoritarian, though. Like, that's exactly what we talk about as something that we do not want to see. And, and thankfully, there is somebody who's running for president of the United States as a libertarian who is making that exact claim. And that is my guest today. And it is the one and only Serene Ardelianu. Now, Serene is different. She's different in respects that she is not like your traditional um, candidate. She's not doom and gloom and or nor is she approaching things from a, a standpoint of, you know, completely um, based on, you know, the the word of Murray Rothbard or, or Mises, but rather from a, a more of an emotional uh, uh, ploy. And that is one of love. And, uh, you know, it's during our conversation today, I said, yeah, I get it. Like, I, I get the appeal. And I understand why people are looking for uh, someone like Serene, who is she's identified herself as the quote unquote healer in chief. Um, so uh, definitely an interesting conversation with Serene. And she brings a much uh, needed uh, perspective in in our world today. Um, you know, definitely a, a different kind of conversation and a conversation I really enjoyed. So, uh, so with that being said, folks, it's on to the show. Serene Ardiliano here on the Brian Nichols Show. Hi, thank you for having me, Brian. Absolutely, Serene. Thank you so much for for joining us today. And you are continuing my my theme of having libertarian presidential guests on the show. I've had um, folks like Arvin Vora, Adam Kokesh. Um, I've had, let's see, Jacob Hornberger for episode 100. More recently, I had uh, Joe Jorgensen. So, Serene, you get the chance to uh, you know be part five of the the presidential series. Um, so let's kind of start out for folks who are unfamiliar with you um, and your candidacy, or both. Um, let's start out with introducing who you are, kind of your path to the libertarian movement, and then we'll uh, we'll dig into your your libertarian uh, candidacy there for the libertarian nomination to be president of the United States. So, with that, the floor is yours. Sure. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Well, my path to liberty and libertarianism, it's a, it wasn't a straight line, although I realize it's the way I was raised. Uh, both of my parents were immigrants from two different communist countries and two different capacities. They risked their lives coming to America for freedom uh, because in communist countries in Russia and Romania, they weren't allowed to believe in whatever they wanted to believe in. And so they came here pursuing the American dream in the 70s. 
And even though my parents divorced when I was about three years old, both of them still really, um, you know, instilled those values in me. I lived with my mom till I was about 14. And then I ran away from home when I, then, and I lived with my father for about three years. And, you know, my father really, he, he ingrained in me that it is nobody's business. What I do, you know, he would say in my square foot of space, as long as I'm not bothering anybody else. And that really resonated with me. And especially um, living in San Francisco for almost, you know, four decades now, I've realized how important it is to have freedom to be able to do what you want, when you want, how you want, and with whom you want. And for the past decade, that's exactly what I've been doing. Uh, I actually was disabled uh, in about 2009. I went on disability. I was selling exotic cars. I was kind of in the prime of my career, making really good money, especially for somebody who grew up on food stamps and welfare and Section 8. Like I had broken through that pattern. Mm-hmm. And I, I realized that like money was not the answer. I realized I was miserable. I was dying from the inside out because I was working for people who only cared about money, who didn't have integrity. And I realized that there's more to life than this. And it was starting to destroy me to keep returning to that environment. And so I took a medical leave for a few months and then realized, okay, I'm not going back to that life. And I spent the past 10 years figuring out how life works because tired of people trying to sell me, you know, get rich quick, get healthy quick, get whatever quick, because I realized that those are not sustainable, that there aren't really any shortcuts to thriving in life, and that you have to do the work. And you have to figure out how life works. It's not a hit or miss system. There are actually like universal laws. You know, we are all made of energy and energy follows certain laws. And so I've kind of become, I don't want to say a master, but it an advanced student because there's always more to learn, but I, I, I figured out how to heal myself of, you know, very severe PTSD, uh, depression, various addictions, not just drugs. You can be addicted to other things like work and shopping and attention, <laughs> <laughs> just being honest people. Um, um, you know, I've just, I've overcome so many things in my life and I realized that we live in a country where everybody actually wants to experience what I have experienced, yet they think that it's something that you have to to buy. And so our values have been really kind of all over the place. And running for president is something that came to me actually about 20 years ago, because I was wondering, like, why do people treat people the way they do, especially for, for me, I came from a very abusive background. And I didn't want anybody else to go through what I went through. I didn't want other children to be you know, punished by their parents, to be ostracized by their classmates. I didn't want other children to feel like they weren't good enough, that they didn't deserve to be here or deserve anything good in life. I really wanted to protect and save people. And so I realized that it is our values that drives our behaviors. And so I had to be in a position where I could influence values in mass. And I realized, well, the president of the United States can be the greatest influencer in the world. And I'm like, I've got to be that person so I can influence the media, so I can influence our education curriculum, so I can be considered a role model and an authority figure, so I can influence healthcare. And so it's been a very interesting path to here, but also um, I realized I can't save anybody. And this is really important for everybody to realize that most of us are very kind and we want the best for others and we want to take away other people's pain and suffering. But unfortunately, they have to be willing to do it for themselves because there are many people that helped me or rather tried to help me along the way and it slowed down my own progression. It wasn't until I started working on myself, 
by myself, being honest with myself, that I was able to break through all these patterns that were keeping me down and limiting me and causing me all kinds of pain in my life. So running for president for me is about lifting people up, freeing people, shifting values, and not just in America, but in the world, because I realized that other leaders of other countries, the reason that they are struggling and wanting to harm us, you know, the ones that are, is because they're in pain, because they're struggling. And so to be able to connect with people, leaders, and to help them work through their challenges, to help them find peace in peaceful ways is really a big part of my vision. So I, uh, I, I did obviously a lot of research on you before bringing you on. I love that you nicknamed your, yourself, or you've been nicknamed rather, the, the, <laughs> healer, the healer in chief. And uh, to me, I mean, it was kind of funny. You, you kind of come across to me in, in my watching your videos and such. It's almost like the libertarian Marion Williamson. And, uh, you know, for those who aren't familiar, Marianne, uh, Marianne Williams ran for the, uh, the Democratic uh, nomination as, as uh, for, for president back here in this election cycle. And, um, you know, she she was very, very spiritual, very, um, very focused on like, you know, good energies and such. And, you know, there, there was old you know jokes about her with her, her crystals and such. But, you know, I still see that there was a very big role that she was playing. And it was kind of bringing us back to this concept of humanity. Right. And, and I think it's it's safe to say that we we've. We've so quickly been able to kind of toss aside our humanity when we look at politics because it really is a blood spore. And you see a lot of people use a, a vessel like politics to simply accumulate and, and obtain more power. And I, I think a voice like yours and like what Marianne Williamson was doing is desperately needed, especially uh, in a world where it seems that there is so much vitriol and so much hatred. Um, but then I look at other people and I see people who are so excited to go after their political opponents or, or, you know, people who have wronged them or, or perceived to have wronged them. And I kind of get, I don't say nervous. I, I get a little disheartened, shall we say, Serene. And that's more so that it seems like for every person who is wanting and desiring and craving that humanity, that there is, you know, another, you know, a couple people standing right there next to them who want the exact opposite. What's your, your take on that? Hmm hurt people hurt other people. That's, you know, something I've learned in the last year. I don't know where that quote came from, but when people are happy and healthy and whole inside, they don't have any desire to harm others. Only people that are feeling incomplete, that are feeling pain, that are feeling slighted are people that feel the inclination to harm others, even just with their words. And so it's really important to realize that these people are in pain and that they're doing these things out of like essentially it's a coping mechanism they don't know how to handle their own pain and so instead of dealing with it they're taking it out on others and so i just have compassion for these people and i really try to understand where they're coming from but not to attack them because that doesn't make me any better i really believe that we reap what we sow and again including with our words not just with our actions and as far as Marianne Williamson goes, there were things that I did like about her campaign, but there were a lot of things, especially as a libertarian, that I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. And sure, I'd be open to working with her if, if that, you know, I think she has a lot of great ideas, you know, like let's wage peace because I believe that it's a lot more profitable to invest in peace making activities versus war. You know, we're not going to get peace by waging war. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right, exactly. Well, but, it- 
I was going to say, well, then then the question becomes, right, is pragmatic versus principled? And that's the argument I get a lot from mm. people outside of our, our you know, libertarian, um, you know, our, our libertarian echo chambers, if you will, where people are, you know, either are in this mindset of we need to either A, be this, you know, pragmatic approach, the Gary Johnsons of the world, the Bill Welds of the world. And, and you know, I, I see the arguments in that, but also then you see the folks who are saying, no, we need to be principled, like the Dave Smiths and the Tom Woods and, and somebody like a Jacob Hornberger who's saying we need to stick to our principles. And, you know, I've had Joe Jorgensen and I mentioned J- Jacob Hornberger and Arvin and Adam, and I've asked this question and I, it's, it's interesting because I, I seem to get a nice mix of answers. And that is to you asking uh, you this as well, Serene, is what's the role of the Libertarian Party and, and as the face of the Libertarian Party, the presidential candidate? Is it to be a pragmatic choice for people who are looking for a different answer or is it to be the, the true principled, we are a libertarian and, and we're going to win on our ideas versus trying to make our ideas more palatable for those outside of our libertarian world? I don't understand why it can't be both. I consider myself pragmatic and principled. Okay. Hit me with it. Cause I, I'm in that camp too. And I'd love to hear your argument for it. Sure. Sure. Well, so one of the things that really drew me to the Libertarian Party is my studies of natural laws. And when I looked at the the platform of the Libertarian Party and connected all the pieces, I realized they are based on natural laws. They are brilliant. They basically do not rob people of the natural consequences of their actions, good or bad. Everybody deserves the freedom to make their own choices and everybody deserves the freedom to learn from those choices because that's how people make better choices. If you keep jumping in and interfering in the consequences of people's choices, good or bad, you're going to change their behavior. So if somebody does something that is actually harmful for them and you keep stepping in and saving them, in quotes, they're not going to change their behavior because they're learning. Well, every Somebody comes in and takes care of me. And then if you have people that make good choices in life and are able to take care of themselves, but you punish, punish them for making those choices, you're going to kill the spirit within them that they're not going to want to keep making those same choices. They're going to be resentful and re- revengeful instead of letting them enjoy the benefits of making the right decisions and choose how they want to you know, spend those consequences, whatever they reap you know, from making the right decisions. Right. Okay, gotcha. Interesting. So <clears throat> I, I wanted to also kind of turn the conversation more towards uh, an actual, um, you know, goal-oriented approach to your campaign. And, and that is saying, what is really the vision for your your campaign? Is it to be a, an, a well, let's say, a, a messenger and an advocate for liberty? Or is it to, you know, go more of an approach of we're going to win as many people as possible? Or, and let me ask you this, do you see it being both roles? Yeah. So the, my platform is based on love, logic, and liberty. And what I've been realized since I started campaigning, because most of my friends are not libertarian, although it turns out my close, my closest ones are, uh, but I've realized that most of my friends actually, sorry, they think they are not libertarian, but whenever I sit down and talk to them, they realize that they actually are. And so part of the goal of my campaign is helping people realize that most of us are actually libertarian because it makes sense that everybody mm-hmm. deserves to do whatever they want to do, right? And 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 get the natural consequences. Like non-interference right. is a really big part of who I am. A libertarian Paul calls it, you know, non-aggression. It's the same thing. Just mind your own business as long as you're not harming everybody, anybody else. Like who doesn't 
want that. And it's understanding that you can't have a double standard, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's a really big part of my platform and my campaign is to help people realize that they're probably libertarian to help people join the party and, and really to bring a libertarian government to the forefront because the R's and the D's have been been doing the same thing over and over and over again. And it's not going to change unless we have a change, a significant change in leadership from the top. It has to be that way. And there's nobody right now in either party, you know, that's considered a frontliner that brings that to the table. And so we really need to have Americans step up and vote with courage and not fear. They need to change their behaviors and realize that you know, if they keep voting like they've always been voting, it's not going to change. We're just going to get more and more of the same, and it's actually going to get worse. Hmm. I've been I've been thinking a lot about this myself, and um, yeah, I I was actually just listening to uh, to Larry Sharp over on uh, Matt Kibbity's mm-hmm. Kibbe uh, on Liberty on the Blaze TV, and um, you know, both Matt and, and Larry are, are you know good friends of the show, and and uh, they you know they're in their conver- uh, conversation they are talking about you know what people look for when they're voting and Larry brought up and he's actually brought this, brought this up on my show and he brought up a match show today was that a lot of people want to be ruled because they're afraid but if they are to and this is my now um, kind of editorializing on top of that but then take it a step further if they're afraid and they end up voting for somebody who said that they're going to fix the problem then it almost advocates them of any responsibility now going forward now you are no longer in a position that you have to take control because now you can say defer to your vote and say well listen I voted for this guy and either a he's in office now he's just not getting it done yet or b my guy didn't get into office so you know now I'm I'm subject subject to whatever happened to the other guy that I voted for and what his policies are going to be but it, it keeps on pushing away this idea of personal responsibility and and I'm afraid serene is that I think we're in a point in society where we might have a generation now that has only known that of abdicating their responsibility. And I get a little concerned because, I mean, one of the main tenets to make libertarianism function is the, the idea of personal responsibility. And I feel that, unfortunately, a lot of people have started to get more comfortable with the idea of not taking that responsibility instead deferring the, uh, the responsibility to somebody else. It's very scary what you're talking about. And I do agree with you that a lot of people prefer to defer to others as far as decision making goes. But the beauty of being human, the gift of being human is that we have the ability to choose our own thoughts. We have the ability to change our thoughts. We have the ability to reject other people's ideas. And that is something that we shouldn't take for granted. I mean, we are creating creators we create with our minds and so if we let others create reality for us we lose control and we really don't have the right to complain if we are deferring to others and not being you know involved in life and i understand that you know it it, it, it's a bit of work to think for yourself (laughs) but it's so freeing and it's so empowering i mean that's part of you know my 10-year journey to hear is like i finally had space to hear my own thoughts and recognize what's me and what's not it really helped me get clear and i'm not saying that everybody needs to go on a 10-year journey to get you know familiar with their thoughts it's something you can start doing today you know and start benefiting from today and it's something that you'll keep doing more and more um I have a very heavy background in psychology and psychiatry, including hypnotism and magnetism. And a lot of people, unfortunately, you know, people that are in positions of power, 
public leaders, elected officials are familiar with how to use these tools for not necessarily, you know, the best agendas. And so when people defer their personal responsibilities and, and their ability to think for themselves, they allow others to come in and, and take advantage of them. And, it, you know, and that's what creates a lot of suffering in the world is allowing somebody else to think for you and to decide for you. And I really want to empower people and to free people to realize that, you know, they can have different thoughts. They can challenge, you know, what they're being told to believe or, you know, what they're being told is truth, that they don't have to agree with it. I mean, they, they're like me. I try to prove everybody wrong. You know, I'm a skeptic. These things that I believe are true. It's not because somebody told me to. It's because I've tested them out with logic and, and repeatedly. So I don't say things uh, very lightly when I say that I believe in something. So obviously you believe in libertarianism. You believe in promoting that. And that's obviously one of the reasons you're running for um, for president as a libertarian. Um, but then, you know, the, the, the question that has to be asked because you are running in a, a quote unquote, you know, primary, if you will, for for president as a libertarian. Um, but, you know, in, in your words, what would be the best argument, Serene, for you to the delegates to say, well, listen, out of all the other candidates who are running for office, you know, be it, you know, the, the Hornburgers or the Chafees of the world or, you know, the, the Kokeshes, regardless of who it may be, I am the best person to lead the libertarian mantle forward. So what's what's that argument? I get life. You know, I've, I've I understand how nature works. I understand how to work with it because we are a part of nature and we can't survive without nature and we can't survive if we keep fighting it. And. I've mastered being reasonable over emotional. So my decisions are coming from a place of logic, not a place of desire or fear or well wishes. You know, I'm very grounded in reality and I'm also an outlier my whole life. I have a pattern of always breaking stereotypes, always coming out ahead when it is least expected. And I'm a connector. That's another, you know, a gift of mine is that I've always been able to connect people and I've been able to connect ideas and truths and I've influenced some very powerful and influential people from around the world. I know that I have certain gifts that I haven't met anybody else that's running for office, you know, brings to the table. And so I, I, I bring these very unique qualities that I believe are very much needed, not just for our country, but for our species, because we're living at a very fragile time, let's call it. Where depending on who the next president of this country is, things could go either really well or not so well. And mm. and I don't have a crystal ball, so I can't tell you the timing. But right now we see like the earth is a living organism. We're destroying it. Yes, you know, there are certain things that are completely out of our control, but there are certain things we can do to be more respectful and caring, you know, towards our home and towards one another. And Obviously, there are certain things that I would never legislate, but there are things that I would promote. And again, because that platform gives me a voice to make a positive impact in the world that I couldn't get from any other platform. So you, you're talking about, you know, if we end up, you know, we, well, I, I'm going to be realistic for a second. The, the chances of a libertarian president, sadly, in 2020 are not usually that looking that good right now. Um, and nor have they really looked for 40 years, um, but neither here nor there. But looking at who's going to be winning for 2020, it likely is going to be Donald Trump and or somebody 
from the Democrats, be it a Bernie or a Biden, um, which with Bloomberg dropping out as we record today on Wednesday, uh, March 4th, that seems like it could be a very real possibility. So either way, we're going to have, you know, one of those three likely leading the nation. And I definitely see that things regardless are going to you know still be very um, divisive. I, I feel that uh, we're not going to be healing as a nation. I mean, of all the candidates out there, maybe Biden has the argument to be that most you know, quote unquote healing. And he's going back to the the days of Obama. And even then though, I mean, people seem to forget that the right was pretty upset and that's why they had the tea party that, you know, came to be. Um, but let's kind of change the conversation. Let's, let's avoid the negativity. Cause I want, you know, having you in the show, Serene, you're getting me all feeling good. And I think we should talk about positivity. So let's just say that you have the magic wand or America has a magic wand for whatever reason. They say, you know what? Poof, libertarian president, 2020, what does the world look like? 2020 through 2024 with, and let's just not even just say a libertarian, a, a serene Ardealianu presidency look like 2020-2024. It looks like a lot of people from different walks of life working together. It, you know, it looks like people listening to each other, respecting each other, realizing that government is not responsible to be their parent. It looks like people taking personal responsibility and accountability it looks like people who aren't moving as fast, who are more present, who are more connected to their communities. It looks like people who are able to afford to do more because they're not paying as much in taxes. It looks like people that are able to start more businesses because there's re- less regulations. It looks like people are able to get better health care because, again, there's less government interference and regulations. It looks like a much better place. Uh, it looks like a lot of work as well. It's not going to happen overnight, but it looks like a very positive experience and it looks like a lot more peace globally and more sharing of resources, less fighting, less competition, you know, just less sabotage. People actually realize like, you know, I should do the right thing. I should treat people better because this does affect me. But again, I don't believe this is going to happen overnight. It's kind of, um, it hit me the other day. It's like I'm here to usher in the age of reason. <laughs> the age of reason. I like that. Well, well, here's a reasonable question for you. And I think it's because all of us have thought this question at one point or another. And being a libertarian show, I, I feel like I kind of have to ask the question. And that is, Serene, what would you say is maybe the most unlibertarian thing that you believe? Um, and, and, you know, kind of how what's that argument been like inside you? I don't know. I really don't know, because. I agree with the platform, but I don't agree that we can make all those changes overnight because it would be very detrimental to our society. I believe, you know, like I said, it has to be gradual. We can't take, we can't just change the system overnight because there are many fragile people that wouldn't be able to thrive if we just changed it all in an instant. So perhaps that's the most unlibertarian thing because it sounds like there are some candidates that want to just instantly change things. Mm. And I believe that's dangerous. You know, we've, we, the government, when I say we have done a lot of damage to the country and to the world, and we need to play our part in, in creating like a bridge, you know, bridging the gap from where we are to where we want to go. So we, yes. we need to be reasonable. We can't just do it overnight. We need to do it with respect and integrity and we need to do it, you know, with communication, you know, talk to people. We need to talk to one another. We <laughs> 
well, can't just be like, I'm doing this and then it's done. No, like involve right. people in the conversation that are, you know, that should be part of the conversation. Yeah. And, and to take it a step further. Right. And this is something that I was actually just talking about, I think maybe two or three episodes ago. And that is that, like, when you look at things that the government does, like as libertarians, we can say, number one, a lot of it bad, like like the whole entire war thing, like bad. That's not good. But when we consider some of the stuff that government does it's not a matter of us thinking that that act should not be done. It's just that we say that government is wholly inefficient to do it. And and you know, if anything, they actually end up doing a worse job and end up creating negative consequences uh, or unintended consequences that happen to be negative um, down the road. I mean, one no look further than something like the war on poverty or the war on drugs or the war on terror. I could go on. Um, but I mean, with that yeah. being said, that's one thing that we would need to, to reconcile with with a libertarian presidency is that. While there are all these inefficiencies in government, there are people who still, at this point in time, rely on those. And we would have to come to grips with the reality that in that transition, there are going to be a lot of people who are going to need help. And we're going to need to, you know, in the private sector, start to come up with some solutions. So, you know, if anything, it's a challenge to, you know, libertarian entrepreneurs out there to, you know, put on your thinking hats, start thinking of things that we can do as that, that, you know, that stopgap between a true, you know, libertarian utopia versus where we are today. We need that middle ground. And, uh, you know, from, from what I gather, Serene, it sounds like at the very least you're, you know, kind of being a pragmatic voice to, you know, bridging that gap metaphorically and re- in reality to the rest of the world, because, you know, what we are arguing is radical when you really look at what the libertarian message is it is radical when compared that is to what is out there as the norm for the other two parties um and that really ends up being one shared vision of just state control and it just it's a matter of if it's the you know the left or the right who are the ones in control whereas we're saying no we're rejecting that reality and we're saying the truth is that you the individual the 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 smallest minority that's out there you are the most important thing that's out there and with that your rights namely being that of of your your private property rights um and you no one should be forced uh, no, no one should be forced to do something they don't want to do. There should be no no aggression unless you're being aggressed upon. And usually that's in retaliation. And that's, you know, that goes back to biblical stuff that people seem to agree by and large with. But to, to end my rant there, um, I kind of want to give you the, the last pitch, Serene. What's your pitch as you finish up here on The Brian Nichols Show to my audience of, you know, looking, and obviously we kind of answered this earlier about comparing yourself to other candidates, but not so much to other candidates, but as the candidate, let's just say, you know, 2020, it's it's serene. You're at the top of the ticket. What's your message, not just to libertarians, but beyond libertarians to the, the left and the right, a world in, in a massive amount of, of disarray and, and honestly a lot of turmoil to be that unifying voice? Let's work together and address causes instead of effects. You know, we've been looking at effects all the years, all these decades, and exacerbating the causes. And it's nothing is going to change until we start addressing the causes. You know, why are these people struggling? Why do we have these issues? You know, what is the real solution to it? And, you know, like you mentioned, the private sector is really the best place for this to come from, especially as far as efficiency goes. There's a lot of people out there that know how to make things better but they might not have the piece of paper that says they're qualified, yet they have the know-how and they're willing to work, you know, very affordably because they realize like this is the right thing to do. So we really need to give them a chance to step up. And, you know, it, it's it's going to be a huge shift, but we really need to start addressing causes or it's not going to get better. 
All right, Serene. Well, listen, the website is Serene2020, S-O-R-I-N-N-E, 2020.com. And uh, I, I, I searched my darndest. Is there a social media for folks to be able to go ahead and find you? Yes. So um, I'm Serene2020 on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, maybe even LinkedIn. But I am the only Serene Ardellianu in the entire world. So it's very easy to find me. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I need to, uh, to sharpen my, uh, my, my sleuthing skills then, uh, but I'll make sure I include all those links. Uh, Serene2020.com um, though is the main website and I'll include all the links for uh, social media in the show notes. So people will need to look no further than right here on the podcast. So with that being said, Serene, it was an absolute pleasure having you here on the Brian Nichols show. Best of luck during the, uh, the rest of the, uh, the, the campaigning um, through now and the, until I guess what May? Is that when the uh, the convention is? Memorial Day weekend. That's the big weekend. Ooh, well, good luck. Best of luck <laughs> to you. And uh, you know, regardless, of, uh, you know, of what happens in in uh, in uh, Austin this year, you are more than welcome to uh, to come back on. And uh, you know, it's a blast having you on the show today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. So that just about does it, folks. It wraps up my conversation with Serene Ardilianu, libertarian running for president of the United States. And Serene, it was an absolutely fantastic conversation and one that I think is desperately needed right now, especially with all that's going on in the world, just a different perspective. And that is one of love, compassion, caring for one another. Um, so Guys, if you enjoyed the episode, obviously, um, I appreciate your support, but I'd love for you to please check out Serene's campaign. Um, I'll include all the links to her social media, both, uh, you know, not only social media, but also her, her website in the show notes. So go ahead and check those out there. Um, but as for me, folks, you know the drill at Beanicles Liberty, both on Twitter and on Facebook, much more active, obviously, with uh, the situation. And this is a this is a great chance for uh, for us to even get to know each other even more, dare I say. Um, so Twitter is definitely where you get to, to know the, the, the me. Uh, the Mimi, um, it's at Beanicles Liberty, um, and that's where I'm going to, you know, definitely do more of my, my snarky commentary and just kind of watching the world burn at this point. Um, you know, got to love it. Uh, but also you can go ahead and follow me um, over on Facebook, and that's where the fun memes are while, as we uh, watch the uh, the apocalypse happen before us, but we can still laugh while we watch the world burn. Um, so you can go ahead and follow my Facebook page at Nichols Liberty. And also, folks, if you have not yet, love the chance uh, to uh, to have you head over to Apple uh, Podcasts, give us a rating and review, five stars, would be preferable. And, and as one last ask, folks, um, I want to know, what do you think about the brand new redesign? I forgot to mention that last week because, uh, you know, I had the gents on from Friends Against Government talking about all that was happening with coronavirus and obviously the uh, Democratic primary. But, hey, I had a brand new logo design and I want you uh, to thank the great Chris Spangle for uh, for helping arrange that as a part of the redesign for the website. Um, you know, we're doing cross branding across all the uh, the different We Are Libertarians network um, shows. So, you know, yours truly got an upgrade with that as well. So I, I appreciate being included on that, but also that wouldn't have been done without your help. And honestly, it's it's patrons um, like you who, who are the ones who are able to keep the lights on here. You know, folks like Craig DaCosta and Christy Avery and, and, and the slew of others out there who do such great work keeping, uh, honestly, the lights on not only the weird libertarians but the brian nichols show boss hog of liberty all these other great shows a part of the weird libertarians network and to that i thank you guys and if you're interested in becoming a Patreon, um, you know, go ahead and, and click on the We Are Libertarians uh, Patreon link, which I'll also include in the show notes. Um, but guys, it, it's always a blast being able to speak to you. Please um, be safe out there. Take you know, just take proper precautions. Be smart. Um, you know, if if you're younger. Honestly, stay home. Like it, it sounds just weird to say, but 
you know, yeah, even though we might not be the ones to actually get sick, we're the ones who are probably going to carry it um, and, and accidentally get people sick who either A, are, are older and have weakened immune systems or folks who uh, have pre-existing conditions and those are going to be more at-risk folks. Um, so we all need to do our part and that includes us staying home. I know it's been weird, you know, the whole week working from home. Thankfully, I have the ability to do that because that's what my industry does in telecommunications. Um, but, you know, just just know there are a lot of people out there who, who weren't able to do that. Um, folks who you know, were, were laid off this past week and it's important to, to raise them up in, you know, not only in, in you know, trying to, to help their spirits, but be there for them. You know, if they need help, um, you know, do what you can, uh, whether it's, you know, sending virtual hugs, because unfortunately we can't uh, really leave our houses right now, it seems, um, but just also just being there for them. That's that's really the number one thing you can do at a time like this. Be there for your neighbor, be there for one another, and really, hey, what does it come down to practicing what we preach here? Um, not only as, as liberty-loving folks, but, you know, as a, as a great uh, audience here, here at The Brian Nichols Show. So, uh, so guys, it was an absolute blast. Be safe out there. But with that, I'm out of here for another fun-filled week of The Brian Nichols Show. So it's Brian Nichols signing off for Serene Arduviano. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com.